Welcome to Tiger Pops Podcast, a place to dissect, analyze, and swoon over the webtoon Midnight Poppyland. Every week, we'll go through another episode and break down character development, relationship regression, plot, symbolism, body language, and more. And of course, we'll be bringing out those tinfoil hats for some theory time. Every week, we'll be joined by sharp-witted, detail-obsessed, and dare I say, thirsty fans ready to tackle the latest gem. Let the analysis begin. I want to let you know about a treat we have for this episode and most upcoming episodes. You can now view the video recording of this episode on the Tiger Pops YouTube channel. So if you want to watch the host faces as we discuss the episode, you can head over to YouTube and search for Tiger Pops podcast to enjoy. See you there. Okay. Hi, everyone. And welcome to episode 58 of Tiger Pops. And this is a very special and sad episode because it's it's, a lot because it is the last episode before the hiatus and we're all going to be very sad but happy and looking forward to season two so speaking of which we are going to be besides for introducing ourselves saying which character we want to see more of in season two and whose backstory we want to understand more so i'll start i'm mindy and i really want to see a lot more about quincy because quincy has shown himself to be kind of hiding himself and I feel like he puts up this softy, irresponsible, immature exterior to protect himself. And I'm really curious about how his background formed him, what kind of interaction he had with his father, what he feels towards his father, what he feels towards clan duties. Does he want to avoid it when he grows up? Does he feel like he'll have to do it anyway? What's his relationship like with Toro? What was it like when they were younger? So I'm really curious about that. I agree. That is like one of the, I would say that's one of the top for me. And I'll just go. So I'm Rissa. I do the Midnight Popular fan fill episodes and I love this podcast. And I'm so excited to do this chapter. I would say for me, Officer Lane, like she's been kind of in the background, but I want to know kind of what's up with her. Like, when is she going to pop up? Because we know it's going to happen. Probably tied in with Goliath, but we'll have to wait and see. And plus she's gorgeous. When I went back to look at her picture, I was like shook. I was like, oh, so pretty. But everyone's so pretty. Let's be real. The guys, the girls, everyone. <laughs> it's kind of like Hollywood where like every character just happens to be gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, my. <laughs> Love it. Um, I'm Ashleen Schufeld. I'm from the Midnight Poppy Land fan uh, group on Facebook. Uh, and then I also uh, host a Twitch stream called The Feminist Critique. And the character that I want to check out is, um, well, one Goliath, but also uh, Gyu. I, I want to know more about him and uh, like his backstory, why he has so many jobs, how to get those terrible tattoos. And just also, you know, that one part earlier on where he got really upset and said that Quincy and Tora had saved him. I want to find out what that's about. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, I guess I'll introduce myself now. So I'm Tanya. I'm from a very small town of Utah. Um, I just randomly stumbled upon this while just searching for something to read while I'm a stay-at-home mom and have a bunch of kids just driving me up the wall to have something to do. But I immediately fell in love with it and yeah, so, but um, 
I don't know. I think I want to more learn more about um, our Dean. Is that how you say her name? But we really don't know really much about her, like other than she's Poppy's friend and works with her. So I'd like to know more about her. There we go. <laughs> We just we want to know everything and we want more romance and we want more plot <laughs> and we want more mystery solved and we just want it all <laughs> plot sweatpants i'm not sure guys like the balance <laughs> yep. okay so, so let's get into this final episode we start out the last thing that happened in episode 57 is that brian the genius who cannot see what is straight in front of him says hey poppy <laughs> Do you know that Torah is gay? <laughs> and this is where Poppy opens up. She's like, really? But he's always asking me for a, and the, the thuglets are all like, what? For a what? <laughs> They're looking completely shocked and like, like kind of like their lives depend on this, which I'm a little, I'm starting to suspect that at this point they all want Torah's attention and they feel like it's, it would be a personal mm -hmm. affront to them if he wasn't gay and interested in them. It's kind of the impression I'm getting. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and Poppy's like, poor, uh, sweating nervously because <clears throat> now she, she's looking back at all the times he asked her for a kiss, but she doesn't say kiss. She says kith, and it's so cute. The time on the rooftop, the time at Regina's Peak, the time in his apartment, the time right now in the cave, stunning, gorgeous images. And she's like, for a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Very believable. Sure, Tora's asking you for a gun. <laughs> Which relates to sexual preferences in what way, I don't know. <laughs> you know what? Whatever you're into. <laughs> <laughs> I can see a lot of role playing that can be done with a gun. That's true. Oh, wow. <laughs> I like when no one is shocked by the gun, though. Like, really. They're just like, oh, that's it. Like, they're really deadpan. Like, oh, a gun. Uh, like, <laughs> like in any other situation, people might like hesitate, but in that situation, they're just like, eh, it's like a day-to-day -day thing, right? Weapons. That's a, that's a normal thing for them. Yeah. So Patty was worried that like this whole thing would get back to Vincent, but <clears throat> they don't seem to be um, too bright or at least now they're pretty mentally impaired also. So they're like, see, Brian told you there's nothing going on between them. Wait out, big bro Torah like that. Shut up. I just wanted to be sure. So, okay, they do have a little bit of the sense that, like, okay, they can't out him, but they're also, like, they're concerned. They're, like, they don't want Tora to be straight, I think. This is, I don't know, they're, they're funny, guys. They've been, they've been eyeing Tora and Poppy and wondering to themselves, but then they, like, you know, like, no, nah, for sure he's gay. These guys are just really funny. And I find their conviction more funny in light of the fact that when they were doing, playing pool, they were, which was, like, two weeks ago, they were, like, oh, my God, he's gay, really? And, like, then two weeks later, now they're totally convinced that he's gay, like, the critical thinking skills are a little bit lacking. <laughs> That's why they're thuglets. They're not full yeah. thug. <laughs> thuglets. They're not quite there yet. They're like, um, I think they just, they, I think they really respect Tora and also probably have, you know, boy, uh, boy crushes on him and just like a lot of feels around that. So mm -hmm. yeah. And it, it's, it's, you know, when you're in a group of people, you want to know if you don't have an answer to something like who's dating who or do they like this? You're going to speculate a lot about it. I think they just want to know at this point. And they think they know, but they don't. Yeah. They're, well, they're all like, they're not even paying attention to her, like right after that fact. Right. Cause uh, like 
Poppy's just staring down at her phone and she just she has like that little grin on her face and it's just it's really cute and she's because she knows like she knows he's not gay but yeah 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 and they're all like they're joking around with each other like you're dead bro you're dead no no I won't be if nobody tells him so again like the the fear of Torah the fear that he strikes in their heart So now, right, Poppy is looking down at her phone and we're wondering what is she looking at on her phone? So now we get into a flashback of what happened when she asked him to put the necklace on her. So um, I think, Ashley, where are you doing that part? Yeah, yeah. So um, so she kind of like, uh, the, they're back at the like cave part, right? And uh, she mentions to him that, you know, she, she wants to wear it around her neck um, and that when she's given gifts, she, she tends to actually like to use them rather than, you know, put them off to the side or, you know, for it to be like a nice little paperweight or something, right. Yeah. Um, to be forgotten. And, um, but she, she has like this conviction in her eyes, uh, about like, you know, wanting to make sure that he is okay with her, with giving this pretty important gift to her. At least that's how she feels. Yeah. yeah. Um, profanity Teller was saying, so the fact that she put the necklace in a heart-shaped box and she's asking him again, she's like, are you sure you want to give your heart to me? It was just <laughs> so sweet. Aww. Pretty yeah. on the nose. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's cute. Uh, he, he looks like he's a little bit shocked that that's what, you know, she would want. Like, she would want to keep something that meant so much to him, you know, close to her. And he just has, oh, looks like a shocked, surprised look on his face. Mm-hmm. Well, like what we've seen before too, because I think I said this when we were talking about it in that episode, that the reason why he gave it to her was because he thought he was going to die. Like mm-hmm. he knew what was coming up. So, and, and Poppy's not stupid. Like we are, we already know this about her. She sees a lot more. So I feel like she kind of knows, but she just wanted, she also thought she was never going to see him again, right? So she just mm-hmm. kind of wanted to like make sure that this was actually the case, you know? Mm-hmm. And he just kind of like stares at it. Uh, and then he tells her to turn around. Um, and it just, oh, my heart. <laughs> it's really sweet. Um, he he doesn't you know this is i think a part of torah that we all like it's like this is the the taking control torah i guess you could say the alpha torah right he doesn't say okay i'll put it on and he obviously is very sensitive in many ways and and we love that sensitivity as well but we also like a lot of people like domineering men and you know the whole mafia guy and this to me was him expressing that he's like turn around you know and very like kind of commandeering in control assertive yeah exactly and um you know, she, she does exactly that. Right. And, um, he starts, uh, putting it on her her neck. Um, but she's got her phone out and it looks like she's just kind of like staring at it while she's waiting for him to do that. But what she's secretly doing is taking a picture of him so that she has, you know, because I feel like he really is the sort of guy that when who you would like point a a camera at him, he'd be like, you know, no pictures please. Right. (laughs) so it's very hard to get him to take pictures (laughs) yeah I feel like he definitely would just be like yeah no 
no pictures whatsoever, right? But um, for anybody that knows, like you, you do like having at least one picture of somebody that you love, right? Yeah. Um, even if it is, you know, in that moment, um, and for people who don't like pictures, you regret it not taking the pictures when you had that chance, right? Like you were too much in the moment. So she just wants to capture like this moment uh, to remember it so that there is something. Paula pointed out this amazing parallelism where in the very first episode of the season, Tora is taking uh, first or whatever, one of the first episodes, Tora sneakily takes a picture of her and now she's sneakily her. taking a picture of him. <laughs> I didn't even Come think about circle. that. Oh my God. <laughs> Such perfect closure. There's a lot of, people pointed out a lot of really cool, um, you know, closures between like the first episode and the second episode, last episode that we'll get to, but it's like, well... <laughs> Oh, I love that. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> oh my God. I love that too. I also love how there are definitely uh, details within these frames. Like you can still see the nail polish on Tora's hand, which is great. You can also see his big ass man hands, <laughs> that are, uh, the envy of the fandom, but I, you get to see a lot of his hands. There's some hands going on in this episode you see more shots of them and I'm like Lily knew Lily knew that there's certain parts of the anatomy I mean his whole body but there's some fan appreciation of this chapter is what I'm saying because a lot of people love his fangs and his fangs are in that picture oh yeah oh. I love too. his little fangs yeah. his like, little now fangs. I have to like look at my teeth and like how prominent are our fangs <laughs> <laughs> um so, and she kind of like giggles a little bit, right? While she's taking this picture. Uh, and then he goes, Oi, Bobby, this thing is stuck because he can't get the clasp. And it's because of <laughs> he's got big hands. And, you know, if you've ever like tried to get a necklace on that's like just been a, like a real pain in the butt or the clasp is too small and you're just like fiddling with it, it is, a, it is the worst. You're like, mm-hmm. just good on me. Um, I felt this whole position was like extremely sexy and intimate mm -hmm. you know she put put aside her hair she's exposing her neck I I don't know about you but I feel like it's very it's very intimate if somebody would put a necklace on me and Mm -hmm. again his shoulder her shoulders they're all exposed it's super sexy in my opinion (laughs) vampire vibes the thing the neck everything the choker it really does give me vampire vibes Ooh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, just like the whole. I, I, I don't it. know if it was meant to, but it has little little nods too. But I'm if anyone loves Buffy, I'm Buffy obsessed, so probably um, making a leap there. But yes, even nail polish, like Buffy. the vampires were nail polish. Yeah, um, but he ends up like apparently it's stuck and he can't like get it. Uh, he can't like hook it together, right? And she's, she's like, how, how is it stuck? And he's like, I don't know. I just can't do the thing. Um, and she's like, well, don't force it. Like, don't force the clap. And he's like, don't worry. Don't worry. I got this. Mm-hmm. But he, but he doesn't, he doesn't got this. No, uh, yeah. he ends up breaking the necklace and then it's just, uh, and I find too, like when Lily draws them kind of uh, more simplistic uh, like she does in this, you know, moment, it's um, to kind of convey that, um, that this is a silly part, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, it's definitely used. Um, that's a, in a lot of artwork. That's a way to express comedy is to simplify the features and have them have those kind of blank round eyes, and it just because it looks sillier when they look more simple like that. And his face right there has is it's pretty derp plastic. So I love it too. He's just so focused, and it doesn't work. His man hands crushed it. He was too strong. Yeah, <laughs> and then she um. She gets like little tears in her eyes and are just like, no, Poppy. <laughs> so I think, you know, you were mentioning that it's supposed to be funny and, and it is funny because a lot of people relate to like, you know, the guy's like, no, I can do it. I can do it. And then he breaks it like totally relate to that. But I think there's <laughs> yep. also, there's also a lot of symbolism and there's symbolism in what Poppy's about to say also. But even before that, Danny was pointing out that, you know, Tora is trying to do this without help, right? He's trying to initiate a relationship without help. And he wants to force the pieces together so badly, right? He wants him and Poppy to be together. And Poppy just told him last episode, slow down. I can't do this now. I'm not ready for a relationship now. And she tells him here also, you know, uh, Tora, you know, don't force it. Let me try. And he's like, no, 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 I'll do it. I'll do it. And he ends up breaking it, right? So, you know, it's a lesson about relationships. If you try too hard to push it when it's not ready, it won't work. So, and Poppy is reassuring because, you know, what she tells him, but what do you guys think about the fact that she was crying? Like, what do you think made it so emotional? Um, I think it's because she wanted to like, to have this as like a reminder about him around her neck. And then mm. because, you know, the class is broken, there's no way of like fixing it oh maybe it's like there's no way of fixing a this broken relationship maybe 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 she's feeling like this was it definitely is a very special moment for her and she feels like it's symbolic of like oh is something going to go wrong between us mm -hmm. that could be i think so some Nordor was also thinking, besides for thinking this, is that maybe the chain itself, and some people asked that last episode, maybe the chain itself is sentimental to her, and that's why she, you know, um, asked, put it on this particular chain. Maybe it's from her mom, her dad, uh, I don't know, her grandma. Yeah. So maybe something about the chain itself is special. <clears throat> I also think that uh, really, when you're planning to give someone a gift at a special moment, you want things to go perfect, and when they don't, some people are like me, where I get real frustrated. Sometimes there's here's the things don't go all perfectly so there I think there's a ton of symbolism and I love kind of the parallels between the relationship I also feel like this is a moment she wanted to go really well and it didn't so she has that moment of like no like this was supposed to go like this and then she just she really rebounds quickly in the next panel I think with the comments she says oh yeah absolutely like she um he ends up like swearing and he's like, sorry, I don't know my own strength sometime. And she's like, well, I haven't used it for so long. You know, are you trying to reattach it? Cause, cause even though it's like broken, he's still trying. And that's like kind of adorable in a way. So Here, I guess with that, line, with, with that line that she hasn't used it for so long, that kind of maybe that it's an old chain. So it possibly could have came from her dad or something you know so list of unsolved questions i'm just staring at these panels this is just so i, I just love this moment really but i love how the scene turns around too 
because Tor is still just sitting there all sad. <laughs> He's just like so focused no. on using the thing that's broke. Also, can oh. we talk about how he doesn't have any feet in this yes. moment? <laughs> I, I didn't even notice it, by the way. I did not notice it until he mentioned it in the comments. <laughs> no. He's so cute. Yeah, for, well, Lily is kind of like traumatized because we, you know, gave her so much grief over those boat shoes so she's like ah screw shoes forget it you know what it's so funny because somebody um somebody actually mentioned it nicole uh one of the mods uh mentioned that and i was like well at least it wasn't those boat shoes and she's like true uh those boat shoes weren't actually that bad um i always just figured like his feet were just crossed like inwards and that's why we couldn't see his shoes but that's I what I thought. A lot. That's, that's very, that's very backbendy crossing, and his ankles would be extremely flexible if he actually twisted them in like that. But <laughs> yoga pose. <laughs> I like, didn't notice it. I only, but I look up here, guys. Like my focus is like mm, the chest, the face, you know, the arms. <laughs> I didn't see the the missing feet, but you know, maybe <laughs> he has really he has camo socks because like that's that's what happens like you go into the club and you get cool socks it's a gift I don't know any excuse to make this look good but you know these things happen like little things like photoshop can be wonky webtoons itself upload can be wonky so mm -hmm. you guys are cool for catching it um but yeah he she ends up like, you know, pointing out that like, hey, it's not going to work. Like the metal piece is broken. And he's just like, well, crap. Like, you know, and then she's like, it's really okay. Like, don't worry about it. And he just kind of like is staring at it almost like, I don't know. It feels like he's defeated almost. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then he's like, are you going to toss it away now? And then she says, of course not. And like, I think if we're, you know, going to put it as like the relationship, right? He's asking, are you going to toss this relationship away? And she's like, well, no, like, it's still a thing. It's just take some time. Let's fix it up. Yeah. I think um, a lot about, I mean, she, she gives a whole long thing, but I think a lot about marriage because I've been married for you know, almost 11 years now. And there have been times where I felt like tossing my husband away. Let's just say that. And mm. um, he's more patient. So he didn't really feel like tossing me away. But you know, you don't toss something away just because it gives you trouble, uh, especially if, the, if it's a good core to begin with. So exactly. You recycle it. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was a really bad joke. Um, <laughs> trying to think of how you recycle a relationship, but you fix it. No, you know, yeah, you work on it. yeah, exactly. You add bolsters, you add supports, you, you know, Re, sometimes you have to toss it in the fire and melt it down and fill it up again from new but mm -hmm. keep it and, and she does kind of like mention that of like the form may uh might have changed but its essence is still the same and he's just kind of like he, he's just watching her in that moment and they're quiet and then it wasn't it's not until like she puts her hand on his and she's like anyways happy birthday to us and 
she was speaking to him she was speaking to him directly about them in that moment that's what I really felt about it and I love his smile because the fandom was so worried about this scene because everyone before was like where's the necklace like screaming to each other like what happened they thought the scene would go horribly but I actually think there was a lot of maturity which I love this comic for is that it's pacing itself in a mature way you know I don't think we get a lot that in like fantasy novels or webtoons so like this it's very sincere and sweet and I like that I know everyone wants the passion and I think that will come but I love the the cuteness I think it's realistic though like with you know real relationships do take time and and Mm -hmm. effort and they're not you know like movies where it's like okay we're gonna take the two of you and now you can (laughs) an hour and a half yeah my favorite my favorite um thing to see in novels um and it's hard to do this because like novels in terms of building up a point you know if it's a romance then the point kind of is you know the couple's falling in love but I like to see what happens afterwards especially because like I said you know I'm married and like there's so much of life that happens afterwards so one of my favorite novels for example like in, that I saw in Little Women when Meg gets married a lot of the um there's a couple of chapters devoted to her and John and how they struggle and as someone like I want to write so I kind of want to write um, a series because I don't want things to stop at the end of the romance I want there to be books about like the relationship as it progresses and all the growth and yeah. difficulties that happen afterwards oh, yeah and I, I think that's something that we don't see a lot in like media in general is the after mm-hmm. effects um mm-hmm. for example like say the bachelor or bachelorette right you see like <laughs> the the romance whatever the heck that means in that show <laughs> listen there's people who love that show and it's okay you're allowed to like trash things but no, i love it too but oh my gosh <laughs> what happens after is they get paid and then divorce exactly <laughs> exactly right so like but but we have like this weird notion in our head from like media in general that like you know two people like get together fall in love and then they live happily ever after and that's not the reality of the situation that's not like and anybody who's married or is in the long-term relationship can attest to that right Mm -hmm. that you know life isn't uh perfect afterwards and i and i would like to see that more in media um about the slow burn and you know the two people coming together and working it out and you know all of their problems in between because that's real life for you I think sorry go ahead no just real quick I just think uh really we are kind of spoon-fed a lot of people can predict what's going to happen in a webtoon in a story because there's a formula that's used and it's very like once they kiss they go to this they go to that and then they'll have you know the after effect where they'll have five kids or whatever you know or the <laughs> what is it the last chapter the pre, prequel, pre yeah the prologue yeah the prologue prequels before prologue yeah but I like Lily's work because I'm not able to guess everything and when she does pace it it's in a way that I'm like oh it's not instant gratification so that's all I wanted to add is like that's why I like it is because it's not giving me everything but it's just giving me enough to keep I mean, I'll stay with this till the end. I'm here. I'm here for it. <laughs> um, yeah, and if you notice, um, Patty was saying how, you know, it, it's kind of a little bit of the opposite of what I was saying, where Victoria's trying to force the relationship, but 
she's slowing him down, right? She's telling him no. And she did the same thing with Jewelry, right? Jewelry tried to push her um, into having like a physical relationship with him when she wasn't ready. And that's kind of, that's why he left her because he wasn't willing to wait. And in such a cowardly way too, he wasn't willing to break up with her either and be honest with her. He just dangled her along and cheated on her. But Tora is willing to wait. She's telling him, I'm not ready. You know, and, and he says he's okay with that. He's like, we'll, we'll wait until you're ready. And he doesn't even, you know, not even for sex, but even just for a relationship between them or for her to see themselves as in a relationship because they clearly are in some kind of relationship, but she doesn't <laughs> want to label it. And um, he's just patient. And the smile that he gives her, to me, this is like the first genuine smile that I've seen him have that's not mocking. I don't know if it's the first. He definitely smiled before, but it's the sweetest smile that I've seen on his face and the most boyish and happy and healthy that I've seen him. Mm. And I just love it. She, you know, she still has her arm on him, and it's just such a tender, affectionate, connected moment. Yeah, I love this. Oh, it's forever. Yeah, and um, so like we go back to her looking at her phone and reflecting on this, and you know the little blushy blush, right? <laughs> and then she she looks up from her phone and sees that uh, Tor is standing by Quincy and uh, and Gyu. And then he looks over and then he puts his, you know, hands to his lips, right? Uh, <laughs> like he's going to do a smoke. And of course that means a kiss. So, um, or I guess in this case, kiss. Um, and then she puts her phone up and like all the dudes are staring at that moment. And then he kind of like looks back and Yeah. Blushes and pretends that he wasn't doing that before at all. Oh yeah, like he even blushes, right? Which is <laughs> Quincy looks confused. <laughs> he does. I feel like he, I feel like he blushed too because like he's like he he only zones in on Poppy, but then he sees everyone else around and is like, mm, okay, <laughs> like look at these. I just love it. Some of them are in love, obviously. Obviously, mm-hmm. this is Tori Karam in the back, the Thuglets. <laughs> I'm part of his, uh, his groupies, but I, I also love how Quincy totally saw it, and he's just kind of like, what's happening? What's going on? <laughs> Do you think that any of those dudes were like, is he looking at me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. Totally they were. They totally were. <laughs> they were like, this is my moment. One of them. At least one. <laughs> yes. Poor guys. <laughs> They're hilarious. Self-delusional adorable hopeless (laughs) so now we get into the piggyback scene and we have a whole great monologue um with poppy so who's doing the piggyback i got it okay so we go through the monologue and it starts that i'd lay in bed in the dark pillows damp and vision blurry and i'd ask myself is this really love and it starts on this kind of somber romantic moment we see the above shot of the street we go over to Poppy, you know, a little tipsy, running over to Erdine and Pinky saying, piggyback ride. And she totally is about to like hop on there. And Pinky's face of terror is probably <laughs> a highlight of this shot. He's just like, oh no. If you've had friends who do this, people are freaking heavy. And if you pile them on, like I've done this with my gal pals, like it's not a joke. So I feel for Pinky right there. Because... <laughs> <laughs> So when two people jump on your back is a bit, but 
I thought I love the comedy of Pinky in that moment because I'm thinking all of us were wondering where did Erdine and Pinky go off to so we get to have a little more closure like oh they're still there you know we didn't know if they would head off into the night wink wink you know what I mean <laughs> they might still <laughs> still could happen the night is young <laughs> um we then oh sorry fine okay and then we go to the next panel it says is love supposed to make you feel anxious and fearful insignificant and small and I'll stop there because I feel like that resonates with me personally but I think a lot of people when you're just trying to figure out like what love is or how it should be for you Mm -hmm. and then of course we have their piggyback right too (laughs) about her time with jewelry right she's I mean she says like she used to her pillow is damp her damp from crying and her vision was blurry from crying she used to cry when she went for the jewelry and feel anxious fearful and significant and small and that's that's awful and i have to say like i i was lucky enough never to have a bad relationship because my husband was my first relationship really but i, I know a lot of people do relate to this and this is just a terrible like ugh. Yes. it feels so horrible that this is how Poppy felt and you know I guess you can understand why she's nervous about getting into a relationship with Torah if this is what she experienced with the jewelry it's it can be damaging I was in an emotionally abusive relationship for two years and it gives you horrible trust issues like you have someone sitting there saying that they love you and all this stuff that's just a bunch of lies and then you meet someone else and it's hard to let yourself be open to them to where you get hurt again it's the fear of it's going to be a recycled you know repeat mess and it's not fun to go through so yeah so i i i feel that so yeah i feel the same i went through something similar too and it's rough it's super super rough when you i think it's even harder when you're a realist and you're thinking like well maybe this is should be what i should expect no one can be perfect but then you start making Mm -hmm. stuff and that's the hard part if you're a realist because you're like well, maybe this is all you really get. Maybe this is how it really is. And I should accept all these sides. But of course, in a way better relationship now, and you realize you were really settling. And it's also something to do with like self-confidence. Everyone has their own little journey. I'm glad you got it in the first shot, Mindy. I'm happy to hear it. And I'm happy to hear that um, you got it as well, um, of course, later on. It's just, you know, for, I think the words, as I said, resonate with people who've been through it, but it can still resonate with anyone, really, mm-hmm. even just the story. Now, okay. oh, sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I, I like that it is um, talking about that emotional part and like what is healthy and what isn't healthy when it comes to love, because like, you know, everybody has said, like, they've resonated with this, you know, one way or another. Um And, you know, for anybody who's, like, younger, um, that doesn't quite get it, I, I like that for them, because, Mm -hmm. you know, like, if we're teaching, um, like, you know, people in their teens, right, that, like, what, 
love should be and what, or, you know, healthy relationships, then they're not yeah. going to not make the mistakes. Cause like, I mean, everybody's journey is much different, but at least they're going to realize that, you know, like what an unhealthy relationship is. Mm-hmm. And uh, my 17 year old niece, she reads, you know, she reads Midnight Papillon too. And, you know, it's nice for her to see it. So, that, you know, she knows what bad relationships look like. And thankfully she has parents that have been together for 18 plus years. So that helps, but a lot of people don't have that. And so for them to come here and learn what a relationship is supposed to look like and what an unhealthy relationship is and try to avoid that because it's not fun. It's not fun to be in those relationships because even now with me being with my husband for, oh God, we're going on seven years, I believe. <laughs> but it's it's still hard. Trust issues are still there, but it gets better. I really love that. And I think that's something which I, I've probably even said this in a previous episode again, why I think Midnight Poppyland is so unique is, and there are a few comics coming out with more like life lessons and really kind of trying to set more of an example in a fantasy world. It sounds weird, but like real story you can take into your real life and look at. I A lot of stuff that I took to heart as a kid was from media because I had kind of a dysfunctional home. So when some people say like media doesn't have that much effect on you, there are stories that really got me through hard times. And maybe I think you guys are exactly right. Someone might be reading this, going through a hard relationship or maybe, you know, thinking about themselves yeah they want in the future and this might really speak to them so I I love it as well and if we go on to this next slide it says and then I like to think back to when I was a kid so Poppy's kind of like going back in her memory and then of course we see the hand <laughs> we got our tour man shot um man hand shot and anyway reaching out okay. to Poppy to pick her up like the small bean she is and then we get okay Pinky's face in these panels just kills me I can't I'm just going through and he's just the most ridiculous and he you know picks up Poppy like she weighs nothing and puts her on his back in a shot that I want to screenshot because it's so adorable like <laughs> so so cute and I, I just love this <clears throat> thoughts anyone about this shot <laughs> oh no oh. I definitely agree I I'm screenshotting right right now. <laughs> so good. I don't know yeah. why, but I got I got a feel of like a territorial thing to it. Oh yeah, for like sure. She, I think there's she's that on another thing. guy, and I mean, yeah, she's Erdine's in the middle of it, but still, there's another guy, and he's like, no, <laughs> nope, this is mine, and I'll take it. It's a safety thing too. She's a little tipsy and she's up kind of higher. I think he also mm-hmm. had that bodyguard mode. So he was like, she yeah. might fall off. Let me get you, you know? Or Damien might collapse and like be squashed like a pancake. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Things can go awry. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I thought it was also territorial. But I love the fact that, you know, Poppy doesn't even hesitate when she's on him. She just smiles and she's happy. And They've reached the point where, you know, 
previously like you know he he told her like two weeks two weeks ago three weeks ago he never held a woman's hand before and here he is with this super affectionate cute coupley behavior where she's on piggybacking on him very intimate very cozy and he's gone he's progressed so much you know he's gone from totally isolated totally lonely totally guarded and now he's like piggybacking this girl he likes on his back and she's totally happy with it. I was just so happy for them that they've reached this level in their relationship where they're comfortable mm-hmm. enough with each other. Like this is just totally opening up. Love it. I fullheartedly agree. And then yeah. we go um, further into it where it says, uh, we're going back to the inner monologue, which is so poetic. And it's saying, when my footsteps were light, my mind was clear. And laughter came easy, uh, easily to me, kind of about her childhood. And then Pinky's like, big bro, thanks. And he's like, thank. And then he's like, we're getting her off. And then he's like, training this Monday. Because he's calling Pinky weak. Because he's like, you can't <laughs> hold two women on your back, Pinky. Mm, training for you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and his face is up of terror. And then we get another line. When the sky was the deepest, brightest blue, still about the childhood. And Pinky's terrified because he's like oh no I have to you know <laughs> oh yeah because we, we've seen Tora's like training schedule and like he's taught mentioned you know um to to Gyu who was like hey how did you get like that and he's like well I work out obviously um but I I think that his workout schedule is like pretty rigorous and uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if Pinky can handle it <laughs> okay. I think it's stuff of legends because his face is literally like I'm gonna die this is how I die <laughs> <laughs> adorable so freaking cute oh my gosh <laughs> and then we go um back to Tora and poppy monologue still going on and he's like i'll get you a cab and she's like where's your car and he's like didn't drive and then she's like i don't want to get in the cab like this is fun let's walk for a bit more and he has the little blush because he's like oh you know i couldn't say no to poppy obviously <laughs> he's got her <laughs> Um, on the back and he's just like feeling real happy about this and then we have the line and something deep inside me knew what love should feel like and I okay, I really like this line guys because I think we do instinctively know but that's a me thing maybe this is something you learn later on but I feel like when you know it's right it feels right what are your thoughts well, Danny pointed out that you know, even before he, even before she knew he didn't have a car, she wanted him to drive her home. She didn't want to take a cab. She wanted more time with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. Well, like for anybody who's ever had, um, like those nights uh, where you go out and you know you're you're leaving the bar at the end of the night and you just want like a little bit more time, whether it's to. Uh, in the case of here in Halifax, we have a place called Pizza Corner, and you go there and you get yourself a donaire or a poutine, no joke, I know it's a stereotype, and, <laughs> and like, and you hang out with your friends and like, it, and it's like those nights when you're young and they never seem to end. I feel what this night, it's the days, it's um, like that joy of like um, having like being tipsy but not like too drunk and you just you feel like that joy deep inside of you that like uh, of like youth and like uh, does that make sense like there's no care in the world yeah you're just enjoying the moment yeah you're enjoying Mm -hmm. the moment you're hanging out with your friends or in this case you know somebody that she's really interested in that she just wants to 
she just wants to spend time with him and you know hang on to his back and <laughs> yeah it's funny because I, I want to tell a, part, a story I found very funny. So when I read this, I was thinking, you know, oh, Poppy wants to spend more time with him because like she likes him and she, she wants to be together with him. And I just remember feeling like this, this feeling of relief that I have a husband to come home to, you know, that someone like, I don't have to like ask him, oh, can you spend more time with me? Or like, I want to be with you a little longer. Like we live together. And I remember my husband telling me this story when he was younger, he had a friend who was like, oh, I'm, I don't want to settle down because I want to have my options open. I want to have like as many girls as possible. And my husband looked at him and he's like, you don't have any girls at all now. He's like, if you would have one, you would at least have one girl. (laughs) (laughs) The delusion of choice. (laughs) Delusion. So anyway, so it's nice to, um, I'm, I'm happy about the fact that I have someone to come home to. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely comforting for sure. And I think right now they're enjoying their birthday. And, um, you know, Poppy says you were so swell back there, Tora. And it's like, back there, where? And then we go on again, with the love is patient, love is kind. As I was saying, like, I think innately we know what love is and how it should feel to us. But I think that is a journey and she's going through it. And she's thinking about it right now. And then Poppy goes on like, when you came in and swooped me up and led me into the club, like some mafia boss. And she's just talking about, you know, the whole scene and not even those scary bouncers tried to stop you. And that was so badass and sweet at the same time. So she's just like, you know, Tori, you're the bestest. Um, And then we have love is understanding, um, compassion and forgiveness. And then we go to Tori's face and he's like, hold on tight, you're falling off. And then she's like, you have always been, have you always been such a suck up? And we go more. And he's asking her that. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. Okay. I think so because of what she says. Oh, yeah. And he's like, have you always been such a suck up? And then we go into more of the quote that says, uh, love makes you feel expansive, not contracted. And it gives you space to relax and to to breathe and to relax. So I I, this is so poetic, guys. I loved this part. The monologue. Obviously, like we know it's from a lot of it's from Corinthians. So, you know, it's a. it's the very well-known phrases that are really beautiful. Is it from Corinthians? I didn't know that. Uh, I'm not even Christian, but I'm pretty sure it's from somewhere in the New Testament. And I don't, <laughs> that, well, that's the, thing. I don't like, know. the love is patient, love is kind. I've heard that before. And I feel like, I was like, I've heard that somewhere. I think it's the Bible, but I don't know. So yeah, let me, let me look it up. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is yeah, Corinthians 13, four to eight. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, keeps no right of record of wrongs. Yeah, it's a whole long, really nice, uh yeah, nice phrase about love. <laughs> I love it. I see, I love I, I wonder if she has some influence from that, or just you know, this is kind of like a mosh podge of all these thoughts that she has. Um, and then I have uh then it goes to let's see. Uh, Poppy saying, "Only speak the truth, Mister Grumpy Pants." And <laughs> her whole behavior here, like she definitely sounds very tipsy. Like this is the most open she's been oh, with him. Like she just is pouring compliments and after compliment after him, out of to him. I'm pretty sure it's because she's tipsy that she's so effusive. Yeah, there's sure. there's things that she wouldn't say while she was anywhere sober. So I think it's the tipsiness. I think so too, but it makes it the scene more fun to me, a little more open. 
and uh, their banter is cute. And then he's like, yeah, make any man babysit a kid and take her home, see if they don't get grumpy saying, you know, like <laughs> he's just teasing her back. And then we have more so to make mistakes and to grow from them. And then she's like, keep saying that. But I don't think you see me as a kid at all, which is like kind of being a little flirty. <laughs> and to I be, mean, she's okay. been pretty flirty all night. So yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the way, flirt- you- it's not stopping. <laughs> So do you guys notice how he's holding her hair? So he's leaning forward and her legs are straight. So usually when you hold someone in the piggyback, you know, you pick their legs up, right? But who was it that pointed out? Um, the, gosh, I think it was, yeah, Nordor. Nordor pointed out that he's holding her in a way so that her legs can stay straight so her dress doesn't ride all the way up, even though it's more uncomfortable for him. I'm like, oh my God, that's right. He is. <laughs> I mean, her dress still is pretty high up, just saying. But like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, if, it, if it was that way, it would be there would be no there would be no behind coverage. <laughs> okay, and then we get into um, Tor asking, "What does everyone say about him?" Because they get into the discussion, and then she tells him, "You know, everyone thinks you're gay," and he's like, "What do you think? Do you think I'm gay?" And then she just continues saying, you want to hear another secret? And he's like, no. <laughs> and then we have more of the inner dialogue to say to have faith and to believe even when the future is filled with uncertainty and doubt. And then she's like, Erdine told me. And then she says that she saw you and his eyes like take on this like shocked and traumatized. And we don't hear it. We don't know what was said at all. And he stumbled. Yeah. And there's a little more of the poetic uh, mama going against in the background and he almost trips. And I love the slash shot, by the way, because someone pointed out in the fandom that you see it says no U-turn. And so people take that as no going back now because I think they've crossed that line, basically. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, love it. Also, I didn't realize, but she's wearing, oh, wait, no. Is she wearing his coat? Yes. Like yeah. It, yeah. yeah. She's yeah. wearing his coat so that she's covered up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another, and another coat that may be going into her laundry hamper. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you do. You collect their clothes. I do. I did. <laughs> I've, I'd met in my boyfriend's jacket before we started living together. They just, they just so happened to stay at my house, you know, and I would wear them a lot. So there's a whole bunch of like amazing <clears throat> parallelisms that people pointed out here. Open don't mind if I take a few minutes to, to go through them. Yeah. So Pauline was saying how in the first episode, if you remember on the steps, he, when he asked her, he saw her and he left the train, he just fell down like an idiot because he mm-hmm. was like so overwhelmed with her and here he's falling again. And he, Victoria Cece was pointing out how right over here, it says stumble. And she was reminded how in episode 15, Tora talks about himself and he says, all we can do is stumble through the dark, wondering when we'll finally see the light one day. So now here he is stumbling, but he's stumbling with his light, right? In the next scene, there's a ton of light, right? The city streets are lit up. He's, it's a normal society. It's not a clan society. This is just normal people. It's a successful, you know, industrial area where there's, you know, people have money, people have jobs, people have careers. He's with his the girl that he likes. So this is like a total shift from the last time he was referring to stumbling. And Nordor was also talking about how he fell outside the train station. He wasn't sure why. And when she um, fell down from the, when Poppy fell down from the tree, she was right. This was a very emotional moment for her. And she was completely overwhelmed. It was like the last straw. And she was blinded right afterwards, right? Tora covered her eyes. And here they're 
they're both falling, but they they both have their eyes wide open. You know, Poppy knows that he's in the mafia. He knows that she's uncertain about a relationship, but they're falling together. Mm-hmm. Oh, gorgeous. <laughs> Mind blown. Wow. People spot these things are amazing. So cool. Oh, and Patty also pointed out when she talks about love can be a gust of strong gust of wind or a soft, gentle breeze mm-hmm. against your cheeks. She um, pointed out that you remember when she was at the train station, she suddenly felt like a cold blast of wind when Tora walked by her. So that first time she walked, you know, he walked by her, she felt like a cold chill. And, you know, he was like, he was cold at that point in his life. He was, everything was cold in her life. Everything was chill. He was just an ominous presence. And now he's like a soft, gentle breeze against your cheeks. And their cheeks are probably close together at this moment. Too fresh, too fresh. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Wait, so wait, and guys, now, we have to we have to come up with theories. What do you think she told him that Ardeen saw? Oh, yeah. I'm wondering if she might have seen him kiss or maybe something along that line. I don't know. I don't think he would have stumbled that much. I don't, I don't know. That, he knew that already. <clears throat> Checking her out. Like, I think that could be something, you know, like staring at, you know, the ladies Hopefully. or something. <laughs> something that you don't want people to notice. As you were saying, maybe she saw him drooling while he was looking at her, because remember at the beginning of the club, he definitely was drooling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actual drooling. Yeah. Oh, and um, I think Chanille or Chanille and Emery both said maybe she saw that um, he had a hard on when he was looking at Poppy or when he was kissing Poppy. <laughs> Which I could totally see Poppy saying now, because she seems to be like, I said, tipsy and flirtatious right now yeah mm-hmm. and Nordor said the most hilarious things she's like oh Erdine saw that you can take your shoe your feet off <laughs> <laughs> she knows the truth <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> listen listen he is just very flexible okay he does <laughs> yoga obviously Jeez. wait have we ever seen his feet because besides maybe he has um what's it called um biopic feet new what is it what is the word called whatever you know um metal feet maybe maybe like (laughs) in his torturous fits maybe he cut up his feet okay that's terrible (laughs) i I know it's very gruesome forget that forget Uh, this isn't full metal alchemist hey (laughs) he's a cyborg really gross so no (laughs) he's a cyborg that's what i'm gonna believe now he's too perfect he's a robot it makes (laughs) makes perfect sense to me and his robot feet come off. There we go. <laughs> Mystery <laughs> solved. <laughs> I I think that I don't know. It has to be something kind of, like it can't just be the kiss because I think she, would she. There has to be something else. I think a boner is likely because I think that would be hilarious. But I don't know. I don't know, guys. I don't know. I couldn't bet on this one. I should say. A good question. I honestly, I like. I haven't answered because I have no idea. I have no idea what, you know, Erdin saw that uh, has Tor all freaked out in that moment where he's like, <laughs> internally screaming. Yeah, maybe she saw him doing something at the office, something like really stalkery, like looking through her desk or like smelling her chair oh, or like, oh my God. <laughs> smelling her chair. Oh, I know, right? Oh. That's awful. <laughs> Wait, it's the timing, like you know, where she sits, it's where there's a certain, you know, an anatomical part of her that he's interested in. Sorry. <laughs> I can't. I 
and Jacob walks in like, oh. <laughs> too silly, too silly for me, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, you know, that would make him react like that, <laughs> given how you're reacting, Ashley. <laughs> I need, I need the artwork of this ASAP, someone go. Oh, no. <laughs> the creepiest, the creepiest of her. <laughs> 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 okay, Ooh. anyway. Oh yeah, now I'm going to pass on, pass on the reading of the chapter who who's who's next me yes i believe i believe it is me so um so then we see a car driving down the road it says you decided your place or mine we see inside the car it's little quincy with some unknown <laughs> persons <laughs> i thought Not it was the club really. owner did you guys think it's the club owner? I think it looks like him. Oh, but I don't think he was wearing the same outfit, though. I think the club owner was wearing a vest. Yeah. I, mean, I think it one. is. Maybe. Yeah, you might be right. I'm going to go backtrack and go to the chapter while you read. I'm going to try to find it. Uh, Quin- I Quincy mean, says, just a minute, pumpkin, trying to get a hold of someone. He's like, sure, let me know soon. We're exiting the highway. And then Quincy just looks, he looks concerned, worried. But then you wonder it's about the hairpin and everything and poppy says quincy have you checked your apartment from a hairpin he's like i was gonna tell you i've searched everywhere and it's not at my apartment if it's really missing i could get your replacement those are just red crystal beads right and i don't know he looks kind of concerned i don't know if he's concerned because he don't want he doesn't want her to be disappointed that her pin's missing or if he knows that it's of some meaning to it. I don't know, but she says I'm it's... totally interrupting. I look back at, in episode 54. Yeah, it's the club owner. It's the Is same it? hairstyle and the earring. Yeah, same outfit. <laughs> so he's in with the club owner. <laughs> <laughs> he's one layer down, guys. He's one layer down. <laughs> <laughs> one bed down. <laughs> But yeah, and Tanya, I also was wondering, like, he his face looks more concerned than it has to be. Also, whose call is mm-hmm. at like it's probably like <clears throat> God knows what time in the morning. Oh, and he's calling Benjamin. So it must be like really <clears throat> I think it's really important if if he's mm-hmm. that nervous and calling at this hour. Yeah. I mean it's you wanna call at a late hour if it wasn't, you know, such a big deal because Poppy right here says, Yeah, it's not anything expensive, but and it was my fault for being careless, but you won't be able to get a replacement. And she says that it was a family heirloom of sorts and it belonged to her dad. Yeah. So then we got to, you know, we don't know much about her dad at all. Like, no, it was the mom's and the mom was from a, <laughs> yeah. just because the mom honestly had resting bitch face, we're like, she must be in the mafia. <laughs> Um, but now i'm sitting here questioning her dad like you know so we all know the dad acted very strangely remember when he was sitting in the tree with poppy Mm -hmm. and he saw the white van he's like oh we gotta get down and we're like why so maybe all along it is the dad who had the mafia connection so i think so and i think maybe that's why poppy's mom's not around is because they couldn't be together or some sorts or some made her disappear i don't know yeah. and a couple but, people um, um vintage nerd was pointing out that it was the dad who told poppy had a box so yeah maybe <clears throat> maybe he was like the quincy one you know who left the clan and didn't want to be part of it but he still had that skill set 
I mean, yeah. Okay, I guess theoretically anyone can know how to box, but whatever. We're we're coming up with we're building a, a portfolio, a case. <laughs> right? I, and that's the thing too. Like I think Quincy like knows what Benjamin is like, right? So he's very like I think he knows that Benjamin took it because he looked everywhere, he can't find it, you know, mm. and that's where she left it. Um and he just, you know, he wants to help his friend, uh, you know, his new friend out, but also like, cause he was a matchmaker of sort for, um, mm-hmm. Poppy and Tora. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think he just, uh, he's trying to do something. He's trying to like, you know, figure it out. But unfortunately, uh, Benjamin is not picking up his phone. Also, people were thinking, you know, like we always said, we're like, oh, maybe Poppy's mom is Vincent's sister. Maybe Poppy's mom is Quincy's mom. Now people are like, maybe Annie J was like, maybe Poppy's dad is Vincent's little brother. We are like so many possibilities. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It. It's, I don't know, but she's, she's definitely taking us on a ride with the story. So I'm enjoying it. But then you see Quincy and he's got a little drop of sweat going down his head and he's just you know cursing at him wondering if he did take it and you know we know he did and you see down here you see little Benjamin sweating to death and his mom she looks a little roughed up so I don't know if she got beat up or anything but she looks a little rough around the face yeah, it looks like um, like dirt or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. They, I can't tell exactly where they're at. I don't know if they're in. Well, I think this is something that, like you know, in the earlier chapters, right? Where mm-hmm. um, obviously it's been a pretty tough uh, life for for Candy um and having to you know work that uh work to you know feed her young son uh at a relatively young age um and kind of being caught up in this sort of like lifestyle right so Mm -hmm. she probably because of like those connections like she knows these people she knows what they're capable of she's probably seen some messed up shit oh yeah so and the fact that, you know, she didn't, she, when you're in that sort of like lifestyle, it's hard to uh, get out of. It's not a case of like, you know, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps or whatever. Um, and she doesn't want this for her son, but unfortunately that's the path that he's going down. Mm-hmm. And Actually, I wonder, I, think... I wonder if they're, you know, they're obviously pawning it the pin but i'm wondering if she's all scuffed up to possibly owing money to someone and this yeah, is his so way to help her here's the, the very weird thing right so she, she told him before right she he's like oh as soon as i earn enough money i'll get you out of here and she's like oh ben don't be naive which made me think that her debt to the clan or her reason that she mm-hmm. works at club miracle is not monetary alone like i think yeah. that there's another reason 
But also, I think Candy would not be here pawning this jewel off, which she probably knows or suspects is stolen. I don't think she would be doing this unless she was forced to. So I feel like something Mm -hmm. must have happened right then and there or before then that she's doing this because she seems to not want, she seems to be like a person who wants to be independent and earn her own way and, you know, be honest, Mm -hmm. right? She she told Ben, oh, I'm earning an honest living. I don't think she would want to pawn this unless she, something bad had really happened now. And exactly. Here's what happened. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that, I think she knows something. I think she has a, a bit of information that's going to become really relevant to the story, which is keeping her in the life as well, as you said. I don't think it's just that she owes money. I think she knows something about Vincent, possibly. Maybe was a paramour of Vincent at one point. Like, yeah. I think she might have been one of the main squeezes for a time. So, like, and I think if you're a main sque- squeeze of Vincent, you know some shiz. And I think he's like, mm-hmm. you can't leave this lifestyle because, like, you know too much either you're dead or you work for me so like I think she's gonna have more to do with that coming on and I definitely think she'll have some connection to Goliath not sure what that's gonna be yet right (laughs) sorry that's a little too tinfoily wow yeah (laughs) she's very defeated here she looks much younger she doesn't have her makeup on she she she's wearing just like a tank top and leggings Mm -hmm. or something she looks very like something something happened some yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this whole scene so christina egan was saying that christina knows asia that ben may have signed him and his mom's death on the dotted line like this whole scenario i mean and you go into it like with the people around they look very very shady and maybe mm-hmm. they know you know it looks like they're appraising it just as a as a jewelry piece but maybe you know we all suspect it's clan related because it looks yeah. like it looks like the ball even crest so maybe there's you know this will arouse suspicion like where'd you get this and you know we were all thinking like the notebook is going to be the thing to incriminate poppy but maybe it's this you know this pin and you know like now she'll be in danger where's it from and how did you get this and poppy will be pursued (laughs) (sighs) and people in the back were like oh is that guy is that person in back flawed um but i don't think so but danny was like you know the poppy's mom theory darla made this amazing amazing post with like all the females that ever appear in um in the pop lunch like oh maybe you know all the poppy mom suspects so donnie's like well this person in back has kind of feminine features maybe that's poppy's mom (laughs) (laughs) brown hair you know close to the pin why not (laughs) oh okay so go on so there's more dialogue here it says am i being naive and idealistic i don't know but i guess i'll find out and then seeing it looks like we're going to like a tropical jungle looking feel i don't know and then it says i am Populan wilkes i am 21 years old and then we see feet running through the jungle and when I seen the feet, I, before I scrolled, I knew it was Goliath. Ah, nice. <laughs> I knew. I just had a feeling that she was giving us this last chapter for this season. And I knew he had to be thrown in there somewhere. We had to get some, some kind of, you know, answer. I mean, not much answer, but it's something. 
And then it says, I'm a Pisces and my favorite color is pink. And then it scrolls up and sure enough, there's his tattoo. And I'm kind of curious about his tattoo too. So like, I don't know if you looked into his tattoo or anything of what it means, but I know there looks like to be some sort of writing down below and I can't make out what it says. the ace of spades like i thought it just fit in with his personality because he's described as somebody who was very tough and like he clawed his way to the top and he looks like kind of like a braggart you know he's short so he has goliath so he feels he has to compensate i think he's Mm -hmm. like the kind of guy who always wants to be the best at everything and like be in control and in command and obviously the fact that he compiled that whole notebook thing you know he's sly he's clever he's he's always one step ahead so i think that's just more like the ace of spades was just more like oh i'm awesome i'm superior i'm like the winning card and i'm the alpha like on top i think that was just very reflective of his braggadocious and domineering personality the ace of spades is known to be the highest card in the deck so but the ace of spades also is the death card so i don't know (laughs) but um and then we see some people chasing him you know who's chasing him why are they chasing him well He's got some information, but both have guns. We don't. Yeah, they do have guns. I didn't notice that before. Yeah, all three blending in with the background. But it makes you wonder, you know, where did they go to? Because this obviously is a complete different field where Poppy and them are. You know, it's a different setting. We're looking at like a oh goodness looks like a tropical jungle so i don't know if he went clear down somewhere tropical or something but he's running for his life and then it continues with and this is the start of my brand new life in the big city so it's coming around from the beginning right poppy but this panel by the way when i saw this panel i was like he has got to be related to torah the yes. same golden eyes, the same yeah. skin tone. That oh, picture when I first saw him, when you see him up there, it really reminded me of Tora when he was on the beach, when he transforms from a kid to a, uh, an adult. Like it was the same features and the yeah. same body shape. And um, yeah, he is for sure related to Tora. I, oh, yeah, sure. I think that they're siblings. I'm convinced that they are. Oh, I, I am convinced they are too. They, yeah. they gotta be. <laughs> or cousins siblings or cousins like mm-hmm. that like that's the part like they have to be related in some way um just because the situation i don't know like did you guys random random thought like the school that they have where all the thuglets went to and all of that is that where they put all the orphan kids was that talked about in your previous episode mindy like i'm just wondering like how this might be a later date discussion we, yeah, I'll pull it back. Pull this theory back. I have a theory, but I'll think I'll sit on it until we get to the next one. Yeah. But I guess there's anyway. one last panel that we'll do. Yeah. At that one end more look down. But uh, poor Goliath, he just threw himself off a cliff. I mean, he just running for his life, and he had nowhere else to go, so he just jumped for it. And then you see the papers flying around in a bag and. Makes you wonder what's in that bag. Something has to be in there of importance. But just the the scenery, it's, I don't know. It's like dusk almost. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and it's literally ending on a cliffhanger. It is. is ending on a cliffhanger. Oh, no. <laughs> I died too when I saw that. I was like, <laughs> So, and the papers, obviously, like the first thing I thought of when I saw those papers was, um, is it more of his evidence that he's compiled? And mm. so, oh my God, there's so many crazy theories because people were like, okay, is this a flashback or is this a present moment? So obviously he's wearing different shoes. So what happened back at the train station? Were, were the, was that bloody shoe a total setup? Like, did he just plant a bloody shoe there to make people think he was dead? Did he plant the notebook there to make people like, to throw people off? Is the notebook like totally a fake is it a red herring um i think olga k was saying that maybe the real thing is in the papers that he has in his in his backpack um did he my my question is because i always think that maybe goliath like the fact that he sold tora out to the police right he wanted out and i mm-hmm. think that's a good thing right he wanted a clean slate he wanted out of the clan that he helped start and i'm thinking of the fact that he implicated tora was maybe his way of looking out for tora and his way of getting helping tora get out and the fact that he compiled all this evidence that's like a proof you know a way to bring the mafia down and again get everyone that he cares about out i don't think Tor- goliath is a bad guy i i suspect he's a good guy and mm-hmm. maybe this you know he got tora to come there right and somebody I, this person i actually didn't write down it was someone on facebook i don't remember who she said you know tora seemed remarkably unconcerned when when he got there and he saw the bloody shoe he didn't then proceed to scour the bushes and look for goliath he just followed poppy and i was like mm-hmm. i thought he would be a little more careful and look around more for goliath so maybe he recognized like there was something about that shoe and the papers that made him realize oh this is not goliath's not really in trouble or goliath set this up as a sign for me or like of some kind of hint yeah Ugh. it really was chocolate on the shoe plot twist <laughs> it wasn't in blood it was chocolate it was the red herring the whole time and you'd be all I like, knew it. like i think he is i think i like to think it's happening right now i like to think that he's still on the run like my yeah. theory is still happening and he still has some of his paperwork and he's just gathering as much as he can, you know? When I look at jungle areas and I think mafia, I think like drug cartel, obviously. Drug cartel immediately, like stuff going on in the jungle, like going down there. I mean, but Goliath's whole, like how they describe it is someone who moved up very quickly. Like he's very, very smart. And he was trying yeah. to gain power very, very fast. And obviously the more power you gain, in some ways they thought would be safer, but obviously that's not really the answer, right? The more power you gain, the more people want to kill you. So, you know, like it's a double-edged sword. And I think that Goliath, like, I think he's good too. I think they might play on that for a little bit. I also probably think he's really selfish too. Like, I think he's he's a good guy, but he's also very selfish. <laughs> like, that's what I'm going to think. Uh, he's coming into this. But yeah, I thought the same thing. Like, why isn't Tor like more emotionally distraught about this whole situation? Like, why is he like, oh, Goliath, what have you done now? Like, he's not like, you know, no tears, no anything. And you could say that's his tough mafia facade. But yeah, I think the game is afoot. Uh, you know, it's still afoot, guys. <laughs> I think too, though, like he, because he seemed like he was pretty pissed off at Goliath. Like, even you know, when he checked his phone and he was like, oh, what does this asshole want? Right. Mm -hmm. So I think like, and we kind of saw, you know, what maybe Tora might be pissed off at Goliath for, um, like in the long run, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, I just, uh, I, I feel like maybe he's, 
not that concerned only because it's it's not really anything of his concern it isn't really something he's thinking about until you know somebody kind of mentions about it or it's like something that's in the back of his head i know that when when poppy first walked in on jewelry cheating on her for like the first, I don't know, 40 episodes until like they got to Regina's Peak, I was wondering why Poppy wasn't reacting to it. Mm. And then when we got to Regina's Peak, it was explained like, oh, she was pushing it down. She was avoiding it. She was busying herself with work. And I'm kind of wondering maybe we'll get an explanation of what happened and why Tora's reaction was was what it was. And, you know, I definitely think that, right, I, I agree with you, Brissa, he's selfish. Like the fact, even if, you know, he wanted to clear his name, right, and he, he sold out um, Tora for that, he didn't tell Tora, oh, this is to help you get out of the clan and help you collaborate with the police and who knows what, right? He clearly didn't tell him that because Tora was pissed off and he was known as like a, yeah. double, a double crosser, right? So I do think that maybe ultimately it, it is for the best that he sold him out and because we suspect maybe there's a collaboration between him and Lane, but I totally agree. I think Goliath is selfish first and, you know, I don't know what his arc is going to be, but maybe that that is something that he has to redeem himself by learning to be selfless we'll see but i'm so curious about goliath oh my gosh <sighs> i'm excited i'm excited for the next chapters i just i love again i can't i don't know what's gonna happen with poppy and tour like i don't know what the next step is or like what's gonna happen after this so i'm really excited to see like will it be a little time skip or will it be just like immediately after going into the publishing of the book and quincy you know i'm getting that over as you said, actually, Quincy was my other person. I really want to know more about him. I think he's very duplicitous, not in a bad way, but he he can he has an on and off switch, and he uses it. And I think we just haven't seen the mafia version of Quincy yet. Yes, yes, because I think Quincy will be like instrumental in helping them get out. And I think that actually might be that's my my wish. And again, Lily has her own own direction, so I don't know what what she'll do with him, but my my vision for Quincy is that right now you know he's he's immature and he's afraid to step up to the plate because he he just is, is fearful right and he just pretends mm-hmm. to be the softy and I'm hoping that his growth will be that he learns to grow up and be mature and take responsibility and put himself in a situation where he is afraid and everybody does stick out his neck and risk something for to help the people that he loves so that's what I'm really hoping to see out of Quincy Me too. Um, I, for this chapter, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm like, oh, more romance, but I, I want to figure out what the big mystery is. Cause like, cause that's what it starts off with, right? Like mm-hmm. the, everything is um, like, even when we get into the story where uh, Poppy, like it says like all these dots are connecting and we're starting to see everything slowly connect into each other and that's why you know it's so much fun because we get to like speculate and say oh what's gonna happen next right um but I feel like with chat or like with the next you know part uh season that we're gonna start seeing these connections uh come together a little bit more I I definitely don't think it's we're gonna find out everything uh, with season two, I feel like this is going to be a few seasons, you know, later mm-hmm. down the line, but I'm excited. I'm excited to see these connections slowly, like, you know, and the guessing and the, 
you know, coming together into one story. Oh yeah. I'm I'm interested to see more of, you know, like I want to know oh god, how do I word this? Like I want to see Tora and the detective, you know, how they really know each other. I mean, you know, she is obviously been arrested but i want to know if he's working with her to do whatever you know i want to know more about that storyline the mice and all the clubs and all that stuff and who's all helping tora do all this because we know Tora's doing it he got the mice but i don't he wants i think he wants out i mean he does want out he don't think he can get out unless something happens. But I'm hoping that's what Quincy helps along the lines of getting everyone out. Because honestly, I don't think Quincy likes it either. He's not that type of person. He uses his name for power, but that's just because it strikes fear into people. But I don't think that's who he is and who he wants to be. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. I've, I've also thought about the fact that people respect Tora and after you saw Vincent and Tora's uh, interactions mm-hmm. Vincent's scared of Tora like on some level like he is definitely intimidated by Tora and he has to do things to keep him in line because in all reality Tora could probably take over the clan very mm-hmm. easily. like I think it was like hinted into these moments it's just that Tora doesn't have that ab- ambition or anything mm-hmm. and I do think tinfoil theory that he's going to be put into a position where he's going to have to go toe-to-toe with with Vincent in some manner but like that may be like either it's going to be put on him or something where it's going to be like Tori you have to kind of like take over the situation because no one else is going to go toe-to-toe with Vincent I think Mm -mm. Tori is the only one besides maybe the dark horse Quincy but I think it's a lot more complicated for Quincy to do that with his father and he definitely Mm -hmm. probably doesn't want that mantle I just feel like Tori is going to get more into like unwillingly pulled into it where it's kind of like or Vincent gets more paranoid about Tora. Like, why is he not coming back to the clan? And why is he hanging out with this girl? And now I'm like, really, like, what's going on? And he, he yeah. hasn't looked too deep into it. I'm scared for when Vincent actually takes an interest in Poppy. Because at this point, it's like here. And then it's probably going to be like, you know, escalated. That's, that's what I'm nervous for too. Because obviously Tora's never been interested in anyone before. And then suddenly he is. And it's gonna make Vincent suspicious of who she is and why this girl why her why does why is she the first one that he's shown interest in you know and especially I I don't know if he'll try to use Poppy to hurt him so um, I'm excited to see the interaction between Vincent and Quincy because we haven't really seen that other than, you know, that brief moment when Tara was a child and like they, you know, went to the beach or whatever, right? Um, so we don't really know what Quincy is like with his father. Is there like a code switching there, right? Um, does he act different in front of his father? Like, Because we've seen like a little bit of like um, Quincy when he does get a little bit more serious, right? So is that 
you know, what he does when it comes to his dad specifically, or, you know, is he a disappointment to his dad? I don't know. Like it's, uh, when Vincent was talking to Torah, remember when he was in the, the, Mm. his office, he's like, yeah, you know, people say you were my son. I kind of, basically, I kind of wished you were my son, you know, because Quincy's like pathetic basically is what he was saying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think he wants, you know, every mob boss wants a successor, but I don't think Vincent sees Quincy as his successor. You know, I think that's right. what he's grooming Tora to be, but Tora don't want to be, <laughs> you know? So I think, I think he is disappointed in how Quincy is. I don't think he turned out how he wanted to be. So hence Tora I think he might be you know if Vincent did that he saw that at a very early age you Mm -hmm. know Quincy was like three four right so that was pretty foresightful of Vincent to give him a credit (laughs) I guess he saw very young what his son was like if that's what his plan was yeah Yeah. which sounds like it was also Yeah, but, um, Annie J was saying also, right, if you, we were talking earlier about like how will Vincent react to Poppy and if Poppy is a descendant or somehow related to the mafia, whether it's the Baltimans or her dad, a different side or Quincy related to Quincy's mom, like who knows if they are, if she is like from a mafia family, then it could kind of go along with the theory of Torah taking over, you know, Torah being representing the king, right, the descendant of Ulan mm-hmm. and her being a mafia. So maybe it would be an appropriate takeover. Mm-hmm. I'm who knows who knows right yeah that's what i'm gonna see i i actually had a different a little different of take i thought like for a while vincent was living his double life and he kept quincy out of it like he like everything he did to tour was behind the scenes he didn't really show quincy that side but it could have been because he could see that quincy wasn't the kind of strong that was going to make a good mafia boss so he just kept that always separate i do think bloodline is probably important to him i think that Quincy is well protected because Vincent's a snob and usually elite snobs care about bloodline and like their blood I don't think he wants Tora to become the next in line I think he is paranoid that Tora has the capability and right now he's trying to demean Tora in every way possible like keep him down because he he just wants to seem as an underling that's how I saw it where he's just like you're my underling you're gonna do what I say you know whoa because I mean like earlier on didn't he say like you know what happens to a dog when it acts up Mm -hmm. you kill it and that's what he sees Tora as like Mm -hmm. a a tool like to be used for the mafia yeah but maybe he was thinking that Tora would kind of be like the brains and the brawn of the operation and Quincy would be the face yeah or think he's gonna live forever. Vincent's like, I'm never gonna die. <laughs> like, no one's gonna <laughs> outlive me because I'm like hateful, and hateful people live a long time. Like, he's just like, I don't know. <laughs> but it's oh gosh, the sun is setting on this side, guys. But this chapter, I have to say, people were looking for this chapter for a lot of reasons. I don't think it could have been done better, in my opinion. It surprised mm-hmm. me. It felt genuine. It felt mature. Like. This is kind of one of those endings where I'm like, I didn't feel like any point this was campy, like campy, like Mm -hmm. someone just threw this in like a copy paste. And that's why I love it. I love that it was unique on every, like on so many levels. I want to point out like two final symbolisms. 
about how the first and the last chapter relate. So, well, Miss Two is pointing out how in this, actually in this chapter, both Torah and Goliath are falling, right? Torah's falling because of Poppy and something sweet, and then Goliath's falling because of people running after him. But Patty, Patty was saying how in the beginning, in the first episode, Poppy like yeeted herself off into the wilderness, like when she slammed into the, uh, into the bushes. And here Goliath is also doing the same thing, running off into the wilderness. So total parallelism, first and last episodes. Yep. Oh, maybe that could be like symbolism of um, being thrown into like whatever's next of like mm-hmm. uh, of life, because that's essentially wh- how it all starts for Poppy is she's right. thrown into this situation, and we see this at the end where you know uh, Goliath is thrown into whatever situation we might be seeing, you know, to death two months down the road when the next chapter comes out yeah oh that would be good Woo. the dots connecting it's coming full circle it's starting to like starting to go in i like the thrown into people's lives because now i see like new characters just like jumping into the scene like oh i'm here like let's go let's go well that's a well i mean like poppy even in this chapter throws herself like you know on top of uh like the piggyback thing right at first mm-hmm. which uh it, and i mean we kind of see a little bit of this you know of like falling and and so lily really good at like you know putting all of these symbolist things that you know we analyze to death um, <laughs> but that's half the fun mm-hmm. it is she I know it, she's like <laughs> love yes, it exactly she's like mm, yes yes talk because i love how she reads those questions but i just thought of the falling thing guess what ben was thrown into poppy's life cordelia like they got into almost a collision thing or whatever and she kind of was thrown in there too this theme is real <laughs> like actually when i look back at different characters i'm like oh yeah ben was thrown in and cordelia was kind of thrown in and i'm like whoa <laughs> anyway oh. <laughs> there's gotta be more people we can put in mr morrison he was thrown around by torah <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah like this this is how it goes <laughs> claude he got picked up now okay <laughs> <Too much. laughs> okay do we have any final thoughts before we say goodbye and for the next two months <laughs> i know <laughs> Facebook. All I know is that I am going to go over and just start from the beginning and reread everything because I have noticed that she doesn't put anything in the episode that's not supposed to mean anything. So if you go back and you find something new, mm-hmm. it's got to mean something. So I like looking for just little teeny things that I might have missed along the way. So that's what I'm going to be doing. This is the time for fan fiction and fan art yes. and like really promoting our fandom with things. We have so much talent on different levels. Someone just posted a timeline of the whole story and had the chapters know, broken down that. by like days. And <laughs> I was just like, this is amazing. The intelligence behind this. So anyone watching, just go to Facebook and like join, join the fandom. There's so many groups now. I don't, I, I only know three, but I think in the meantime, I, I think people, uh, also started I don't know if you guys you probably all saw it but like a thanks to Lily like uh online thanks mm-hmm. to Lily um yeah you can write a message for free or you can go on Ko-Fi or that little thing where you buy a coffee it's like it's like you know 
uh, giving her a little tip, essentially. But these are things we can do in the meantime. I feel like she'd probably worry to go away for a little while. I mean, she'll still be a part of the community, but I think that's nice to support each other and Lily while she's away, because it's not easy for an artist to keep the steam going. So showing that appreciation, I think, is great. So that's what I'll be doing. Um, yeah, that was actually a correlation. Um, it, it really started with the fast pass group. So I want to thank uh, both Michaela and uh, and uh, Les, uh, Lindsay. Oh, God. I was like, Leslie, no, Lindsay. Um, yeah. But I want to thank them because they really did. Um, and, and somebody else like brought that idea mm -hmm. uh, to them and they kind of put that all together. Um, so I absolutely want to thank them because they have they do a lot for this community and, um, and, and like little things. And it, here's the other thing, like behind the scenes, we, we all talk like behind the scenes when it, when it comes to like the different groups. And then I kind of correlate it to, um, to my mods. Um, and, and like every so often I, I talk to, to Lily as well, but, um, I, I kind of wanted to read this last part from Lily and she says, dearest readers, thank you for all of your love and support. And I hope to see you guys again next season. Lots of love, Lily Desk. And uh, Lily is just so like, it, it, she's the reason that we get to, you know, do this podcast and have this amazing community where we have all come together. And, um, and I just want to thank her because I because I know she listens um, because like all of the work that you've done, you've helped so many friendships um, grow because of your amazing story. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like she's created something that's she's gonna she's pull, she's helping people through pull through a hard time too, and she's bringing a lovely story from inside out here. Can't thank her enough. I mean, watching her since almost the beginning and it's just like, she keeps getting better and better, but she really connects to people. And I feel like that love is sincere. So, I mean, really that's all I got to say. And I know we'll be around. We're, we're going to be back for season two for sure. I, it's actually funny because um, I didn't realize this till just now, um, but it's actually the year anniversary from when I first started the... Uh, Facebook group which was like a whim like I just I was like oh I'm just gonna do this right and that's and it's grown to I think we're going on 5,000 like a, it's over 4,000 at this point um but I mean I did not think that that you know that group was gonna grow and I found a lot of um the growth happened during the COVID uh when mm -hmm. that was first happening in March because um that was a really tough time for a lot of people, right? And that's like, we started, um, a, a lot more people like came into the group and talked about the story um, <clears throat> because they had like a little bit more uh, time and it helped them get through. And it, it, it just like how much we've grown in like the last year, just still, it blows my mind. Like, mm -hmm. I'm so grateful love that group I love all the Facebook groups because there's so much amazing stuff on them yeah I remember, I remember when I first so I like I mentioned this in the earlier podcast I was a very much a snob before I read Vinette Populand and I would only read some like classics essentially and I came across Vinette Populand through a Facebook ad I clicked it fell in love and I joined the your Facebook group 
pretty fast after I fell in love. And I remember I wrote like, okay, guys, like I just started reading this and I'm obsessed and I'm like kind of like, I feel like I should be embarrassed because it's like a cartoon and I'm 31. I was 30, so I'm 31. And, and I was, and every single person was like, welcome, one of us. Now you know what it's like. I was like, oh, so I'm not crazy. You were all like me. It's, <laughs> and yep. it's so, it's so funny that you mentioned that. Cause I remember around the time that you first joined at, cause you were posting quite a bit. Right. And you were like, oh my God, like I found this thing and it's like, you know, brought me so much joy. And I just like, it's, it, it, it's just so amazing. And I was just like, oh man, like she is, she's one of us. Like she's really <laughs> been brought into the fold and, uh, and, and I've seen, you know, a lot of different people like kind of grow within this fandom. And it, it's the same with, uh, um, with you, uh, Riza, like, um, Sorry, did I pronounce your name right? Oh, Rissa, but people Rissa. call me Nathan's Q, so it's fine. Okay, <laughs> I didn't want to mispronounce it because I, I know what that's like. So, um, but like, I, I've seen you grow as well, like it, within the community and, and, and everybody. And I just, yeah, awesome. I don't know. It, videos it, now, yeah. It, it just, it brings me so much joy, so much joy because like, I've been around for, for a little bit, you know, before it went, um, it went on and like finally being able to talk to other people and, you know, see the community grow. It just, yeah, it's great. And little old me, I have a bad social anxiety. And so it's like, I don't post a lot and then it's hard for me to interact with people, but this has been one of the best stories and that I've read from webtoons and I love Lily because she actually I've noticed that she takes our opinions to heart and we've seen that with the hair braiding scene and everything you know she listens and yeah she's got her whole story planned out as she said but she takes what we say into consideration because she wants to make us happy and to continue to read her story and we love it so but yeah I'm yeah, yeah. That's well, it. thank you so much for Tanya for coming on to the podcast for the first time and be happy to have you again <clears throat> although now I have to reschedule all the because we had it yeah. scheduled out for like <laughs> yeah. episode 16 yeah. after reschedule everybody <laughs> well, me. New and Year, think- New Year podcast. <laughs> yeah. Anywho, thank you so, 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 so much for coming on. It is always a deep pleasure to talk with everybody. And I can't wait till season two. <laughs> it's going to be exciting. I can't wait to see what she has in store for us. So. Yep. Hey guys, have a good night. I'll see you in a, two months. <laughs> oh. See ya. Bye. See you Bye. Bye.